When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. I had to go about it, write it out and find it myself. And there's some stories I can tell you. I had to fail, had to fall just for what I did well. And there's some stories I can tell you. It's the Final Work Cricket Podcast, World Cup Daily, Day 43. It's semi-final number two at Eden Gardens between Australia and South Africa. Two old rivals duking it out. I'm Adam Collins, Jeff Lemon with me for Westfield, London, Westfield, Stratford City. More extra, less ordinary. Jeff, tell us about it in 30 seconds. Australia remembered how to bowl off the top. Four down, 24 on the board. South Africa was stuffed. They were out of it. And then a partnership gets put together. They get up to 119. Then two wickets fall in quick succession. Travis Head this time, not the fast bowlers. What's going on there? Then they recover again. They get up to what? What? what they get up to what? 212. What does that mean? Australia have to chase 213. 1999 echoes. Diddly-doo, diddly-doo, diddly-doo. And then 60 off the first six overs. They're going to cruise this Australia. And then wickets start to fall. It starts to take spin. Uh, Players get out, Warner gets out, Head gets out, uh, Lavishan gets out, Smith gets out, they're five down, they're in trouble and they scrape at home at the end with Cummins and Stark who get them over the line with a couple of overs to spare. That was a lot closer than it looked like it was going to be at about 10 different periods throughout this afternoon and this evening. Yeah, I I didn't have the game finishing in the 48th over of the chase on my bingo card uh, when South Africa were 24 for four and Australia were 60 for none. Uh, in the sixth over before spin started with Aidan Markram. A 22-run unbeaten stand with Pat Cummins and Mitch Stark. Stark was out there, I think, for the last 41 runs made, batting with Inglis, who was so important. Uh, They get the job done by three wickets, and they're through to their eighth World Cup final. So in 13 attempts, they've made the decider on eight occasions, which of itself is is noteworthy, especially on this occasion, because they were zipping two, and they'd lost to India. They'd lost to South Africa. They were in a world of pain against Sri Lanka. Well... They haven't put a step wrong since then in terms of wins and losses. Pat Cummins has been clear throughout the tournament. They're yet to kind of put together the perfect performance. Well, with the ball, it was close to that today. It wasn't with the bat, uh, but I suppose it was never going to be easy on a surface that was going to take to spin. The Maharaj factor brought in belatedly, taking a wicket with his first ball. Shamsi back in the side, doing so well, bringing so much energy. Markram having his say. The young man, Kutsia, Jeff, it'll go down as a, a great semi-final and... Part of the reason why we love this format is it can have time for games across seven and a half hours to twist and turn in, in myriad directions. And um, we didn't, didn't know Australia was going to win until that last boundary was struck, that's for sure. 
Well, exactly that. And there were, there were points during, I mean, I didn't even mention David Miller's 130-second yeah. summary. That's how busy things got. Um, an all-time innings, like brilliant from the left-hander down at six. But he needed to do that because they were 24 for four. And I remember you, you and I were messaging and when it was three down and I, I was saying, I, I still think South Africa will get back in this as the fourth wicket fell. Um, and even at that point, I just thought, well, they just need something, right? They had Klaassen and they had Miller, and I thought, well, these guys, they're not going to smash their way to 300 from here. But if they get 200 and something, mm. they give themselves something to bowl at. Um, and it got more more difficult to time shots, it seemed. Like, there was there, there was something in it for spinners. They had Shamsi in their team and Maharaj as well. And I just always had that feeling that there was likely to be... It was likely to get closer than it deserved to be, given that scoreline. That's exactly what they did. They reassessed really well. So, I mean... That maybe maybe just start right at the start. Stark and Hazelwood, Stark particularly, hasn't started well through this tournament. Did so brilliantly here. Gets Pavuma caught behind. Beautiful delivery. It's, it's on middle stump. It's shifting away a little bit. Takes the edge. Pavuma's not fully fit. He said that at the pre-match presser. So uh, he's out early. Quentin de Kock, absolutely key. And, and, you know, for whatever reason, after a few quiet overs, they were going at about one run and over through the first six or seven. Mm. Uh, what, what, they were eight, eight off the first mm. six overs, and then and Decock gets. It, it was the most full pitch delivery I think anybody had bowled all day, and it still wasn't completely full. It wasn't a half volley, and it was a cutter. And he tries to hit it over mid on, and in the end, just hits it high up in the air. Cummins tracking back, very difficult catch, swirling around, and he takes it tumbling backwards. They're two for eight, or eight for two. You know, eight runs, two wickets. You can figure it out. You're all grown ups, and then uh, like. The, the next couple go down, the screamer at Gully, Rassi van der Dussen, who, who was struggling out there. But there, it still felt like there was time if you were good enough, Miller and Klaassen, and they were good enough. They were good enough to rebuild to 119. Klaassen gets out, bowled by Travis Head, but Miller just keeps going and just keeps building with the lower order and never completely started to smash it around and take the game on, just played sensibly through till almost the close of the innings. Yeah, just on that though, 119 for six and they managed to get it to 212 and that's mostly due to Miller. I agree with you, that's one of the, the great under pressure World Cup hundreds from where South Africa were. And the reason they were in that position is Australia put the squeeze on. I thought about Bobby Simpson who coached this Australian side when they won the World Cup in 1987 and I can sort of hear him doing media conferences and all the books that he contributed to after finishing up as coach, talking about the one thing you can control is the way you approach your fielding. And Australia's fielding mm -hmm. from the outset was brilliant. Marnus saved the boundary, Head saved the boundary, Warner saved two, and that was all in the space of the first three overs. The squeeze was on. Hazelwood was hitting his length every single delivery. I think at one stage the, the graphic on TV yep. had, that, um, had that, um, uh, that, that Hawkeye, whatever they call it, projection, and every yep. ball he bowled was on a good length. And that is the extra pressure that Hazelwood brings. Didn't even bowl his full complement in the end. That's a, a different conversation perhaps now for another day. But totally. they, they were setting the standard in the field. The catch that Cummins took um, underneath it, so important given how the Cox played through the tournament and laid the foundation for South Africa when they were making those big, big yeah. tallies batting first. And that's where they were mm -hmm. able to turn the screw. There were other big calls from Cummins as well. Yeah, the fact that he bowled Stark for a six over off the trot, I thought like that is not without risk. That's not the game plan. Plan A is not Stark bowling six in a row. It is having the ability it's often to bring been three. back. For, yeah, it's usually three or four and splice his overs in carefully. And Stark hasn't been at his best through the tournament, but it was his sixth over uh, that found the edge the second time. And they're, they're right into them at that point. 
Uh, they get the fourth wicket to make it 24 for four when Hazelwood finds an outside edge for the second time. And, you know, it was never going to be a huge score after that. And the other big thing that Cummins didn't got right in the field was picking the right, the right moment to deploy Travis Head. I mean, that partnership was at 95 when he gets Classen. You can see a world where that becomes a stand of 155 or 175, and maybe they scratch their way to 250, and, and that probably would have been enough. Hard to know for sure, but mm. you would say that balance of probabilities with Shamsi and Maharaj bowling as well as they did later in the evening. I know that Markram didn't bowl his full complement, still had overs to go. But um, Cummins uses Head, who picks up Klaassen and gets uh, gets Janssen with a, a beauty first ball. He's on a hat-trick inside his first over. So yeah, everything Cummins touched turned to gold in the field. And then um, the unbeaten runs. It's the third time this year that Cummins has played a vital contribution and been the match winner with the bat or played his role with the bat. Of course, at Edgbaston in the first Ashes Test match, a stand of 55 with Nathan Lyon for the ninth wicket. With Glenn Maxwell, a partnership of 202 a week ago, a week and a half ago. And tonight, what he did alongside Stark, that is nerveless batting from the captain. That's why he's leading mm. his team. Yeah, and the patience that they had, because they had so many overs to spare at that stage, um, the patience to just block out a lot of dot balls from the spinners, not take the risks where, you know, because the ball was turning so much, mm. it seemed to rag more and more as the game went on. Even Aidan Markram in, at the very back end of the second innings was turning it square yeah. after Shamsi and Maharaj had finished up their allotment. Um, and Travis Head as well. I'm, I may have overplayed his bowling a bit uh, on the commentary because I thought that one turned more than it was given credit for. He was saying, you know, it was the straightest straight ball ever that bowled class. And well, the one before one that before. absolutely yeah. shreds. Yeah. So he get he gets one to turn big time to Klassen, who's backing away and trying to hit it through the offside and then gets cramped up for room and has to sort of stab the bat down on it. The next one, Klassen is expecting it to turn in and he plays for that. It beats him on the outside edge. It did still turn a bit. It just turned less. He's deceptive. And it, and it knocks leg stump out of the ground. Yeah, he's deceptive head, isn't he? Because you watch him with that front on action and it feels like he's bowling little doorknobs. But it looked like it was out at goal last year, a game we were commentating on, Jeff, yep. when head took four for ten. He was getting that amount of purchase. Uh, it must be just the way he lets the ball go. It's not all the surface, although yep. it was turning off the off the um, off the fleshy part, if you like, of the pitch. It wasn't just out of the footmark. So it was the type yep. of pitch where, even though it was 213 they were chasing, that favourite number of ours in the final word and the famous tie between these sides back in 1999, it felt to me like, why not open with spin? I, I couldn't believe that they gave Warner and Head the opportunity to hit through the line. Remember, two new balls, one at either end. So, you know, that is yep. the best time to, to play with the field up with those two left-handers who love to get at the quicks. Um, I would have had... Maharaj, Shamsi, or Markram, any of them, raffle it on to bowl mm, over number mm. one. They left uh, they left uh, Maharaj until over number 15. And, you know, I know he plays his role, and uh, those two spinners took three for 66 between them. Markram a wicket as well with his yep. first ball. But I reckon that was one of various missteps that Bavuma made through the day. Mm. It's one of my personal irritants is is the way that match-up culture has taken over cricket completely in some ways to the point where they say, well, you can't bowl a left-arm orthodox spinner to a left-handed batter. Well, if you're saying that, you can never bowl an off-spinner to a right-handed batter right. either. But if your left-arm spinner is good enough, they can get out players who bat with either hand. You know, it's not like a left-arm has never got a left-hander out. First ball that Maharaj bowls for the entire night turns it through the gate and, and bowls Travis head. But, um, but just back on the first innings for a bit to, to, to finish up there, the fact that Zampa was so ineffective was interesting. He's, his 
figures against South Africa versus against everybody else are stark. They've taken him down before. Miller particularly has taken him down before. Um, he ends up going for 55 off his seven overs and doesn't take a wicket um, after his hot streak of picking up not just wickets but three or four consistently in you know, just about every game he's played since those early couple of struggling matches in this World Cup. Miller takes him down, um, particularly late in the piece. Weird captaincy, two, two different overs in the back ten. When Cummins doesn't need to bowl Zampa, he's got other options to bowl the, the final eight overs or so. Twice he brings him on while Miller's on strike, and they bowl him to the left-hander who's already at that point up to 80 or, right. you know, 80 or 90 by that stage, hits a couple more sixes, um, gets runs that Australia couldn't really afford to give away at that point because the total was building up. Um, and, and just that sensible way Miller collected, hit a boundary here or there, um, kept picking up runs where he could, and then accelerates right at the end, smashes a six to bring up his hundred and then tries it again off Cummins and, and holds out to deep mid-wicket. Um, but yeah, it was, it was strange given the overs that Cummins had available because Hazelwood ended up bowling eight, eight overs, two for 12. Um, Stark bowls out three for 34 uh, and he's terrific. Maxwell bowls out none for 35, mm. does a terrific job again. I mean, he's, he hasn't had a bad game with the ball in this tournament. So the games where he's failed with the bat, he's still contributed with the ball. Um, head two for 21. Uh, and then, you know, you've got this odd thing where Zampa's bowling overs he doesn't need to bowl and, and getting smashed towards the back end of the innings. I do wonder what pitch they'll choose for the final. This is probably more a conversation for our preview show on Saturday. But when India size it up, I mean, when they're working out what they prefer, like Head and Maxwell in tandem on a used pitch is pretty good. You know, as a six bowler, though, mm. that is or a fifth six bowler. That they're not yep. they're not part timers. Um, I know it might appear like heads a part timer for how little he bowls, but Maxwell's been superb through the tournament in terms of what, how little he's given away. So that yeah, that that's an interesting one to throw forward and consider. Um, with Miller versus Zampa, he just sized him up, didn't he? It's like that's matchup batting. That's him realizing that he's yep. got a great record against leg spin, knowing that he loves hitting with the spin, trusting his brute force if you like and that's something that Miller has as his godly gift uh, and knowing that if yep. you got him away a couple of times you might get in Zampa's head no one's gotten Zampa's head for a month and a half only you've got to go back to the first couple yeah. of games when he was struggling and he had those fitness issues which continued through to the Sri Lanka game got on a roll then he's remained on a roll but I'm sure India will be watching that too thinking that Zampa middle overs will target him and sure it's not quite the left hand thing that that South Africa have going on with Miller. They're mostly right-handers. Indeed, I think they're all right-handers, the Indian top seven. But still, the point stands that um, I can see a world where they identify Zampa, not Maxwell, as who they might be able to put a dent in because we know mm. how oppressive Zampa can be when he gets into the game himself. So, yeah, that's an interesting yep. one for, for Sunday. He'll need to bounce back, but he does that really well, I suppose. Um, yeah, so Miller, the 100 there, 212. They set 213. And then... Head and Warner just starting not to so the first two overs they weren't blazing and then after that they go after Janssen a little bit he starts getting the yips he bowls three wides yeah. in that third over and then the fourth over you have Warner pulls Rabada for a big six the Warner Rabada battle getting back on was mm. box office again they've they've just I was reminded of that innings in Cape Town that second innings in, in Cape Town where Warner tried to take down Rabada smashed him for a huge six and a few fours but 30 off about 15 balls before he lost off stump um, didn't didn't quite pan out that way he, he nailed a couple more today Jansen going for 15 in the over after that in the fifth um, and then Rabada the most expensive over of his one day career he got hit for 21 um, Warner hits him straight down the ground for six that's a no ball free hit and Warner 
guesses exactly what's going to come because they can't move the field. He thinks it's going to be wide Yorker, so he goes, shuffles across his stumps, laps it over fine leg for six more. Head hits a six, flicks it square to end the over. 21 off the over. Um, Rabada's been tailed up. They've taken 60 off the first six, chasing 213. And you're like, well, okay, this is going to be over in about 45 minutes. But first ball that Markram bowls, straight through Warner and the game changes again. Yeah, and this is kind of the drama, right? This is where the the real jeopardy and, and tension was going to lie when the spinners came on and got a chance to get into their groove. And the game was... Like, properly knife-edged stuff for about 25 overs, I reckon, Jeff. From the moment that yeah. Labashain and Smith came together, maybe even before that, acknowledging that Head was out to the first ball that Maharaj sent down, and we were all waiting for it. How will the game shift in, in the over that he finally does bowl? And Markram already had a wicket by that point. But, you know, the Labashain-Smith partnership, important as it was, putting on 30-odd at that stage, it felt like every ball was becoming a bit of an event. Labashain out reverse sweeping. Not a shot that he plays an awful lot. I get what he was trying to do, but mm. it gets through and the response there is spectacular from Shamsi. Only beaten by his reaction when he gets Maxwell fourth ball, or fifth ball rather, and Maxwell could have been out um, to three of the five balls that he faced. It was just one of those nights. He he thought it was a half tracker from Shamsi, a bit of extra spin, hits leg stump, um, you know, and Shamsi takes off. It's a you know, it's quite the emotional response knowing that Huge he might have just gotten South Africa back into the contest. And mm. that's when Josh Inglis plays his best inning so far for Australia. Twenty eight from forty nine, three boundaries does not tell the story. I think they blinked South Africa in not bowling Shamsi and Maharaj through to Inglis. They kept three overs back yep. from the two of them. They went back to Kutia. He did a great job. Like Kutia is a, a star of tonight as well, but yep. you know, they English played them with such comparative ease, they thought they needed to change something. That's to his immense credit, remembering that there'd be, you know, 50% yep. of Australians probably still think Kerry should be in the side ahead of him. He made one half century in the group stage, English, but didn't really dominate and own the position. But a really good catch off Stark to start the day, um, which was harder than it looked, and then forcing mm. uh, Bavuma to make a what proved to be a bad decision. They were able to break the back of it a little bit further. I know Kutia has one yep. more say, that Yorker that slips underneath. Inglis's bat that brings Stark and Cummins together but yeah big tick for Josh Inglis for realising this was an opportunity to win a game for Australia and he and he did much of that heavy lifting in extraordinarily yep. pressurised circumstances Well Kurtzia gets Smith as well before yeah. that uh, before that Yorker so and that's coming around the wicket as well Smith I think expecting a short Dreadful ball shot. sort of slaps across the line yeah horrible shot skies like it straight up in the air um, and, and we brushed over Mitchell Marsh as well six ball duck at number three mm. 177 not out in his previous <laughs> innings um, punches one off the back foot hits it very hard and Rassi Vandedersen flying both feet off the ground both hands to the ball takes an absolute stunner as well so that's just after Warner's got out um, and so suddenly Australia two down and, that, and that's when you think it gets really interesting. And they miss chances there as oh, well. Yeah. Kurtz's first ball, he, he has Travis Head dropped out in the deep. Risa Hendricks subfielding, um, drops one sliding around at deep point that he should have taken. There's the one that Smith paddles to Bavuma that doesn't quite carry it short fine. Um, and there was another life for Head as well. It's slip where he slashes at yep. a ball and it's probably too hard for Klaassen to catch. It basically goes, Klaassen sort of gets his face out of the way and gets his hands up but can't get the hands up fast enough. Otherwise, he might have worn it in the teeth. So those last two weren't sort of genuine, proper chances like the Hendricks one, but there were those, there were almost opportunities for South Africa that, that might have tilted it further in their favour. And then Labuschagne for 18, he was picked in the team for exactly this sort of yeah. innings to grind it out if they needed a smallish score. Took some runs off the total but couldn't, 
quite do it. Smith makes 30 and then holes out. And then, and then when Inglis gets out, they still need 39 when he gets yorked. And at that stage, they're like, okay, well, it's the, it's the bowlers who have to do it. And from here, this is, this is actually difficult. And I thought that the five half chances South Africa had, and I include the leg before on that, the one that Shamsi bowled to yep. Labashane, hit him on the back pad. They were convinced yeah, sure. it was out. There's a bad review later, but that was the right review and they get the umpire's call and it goes Australia's yeah. way outside the line of the off stump just or you know by more than 50%, so no dramas. Um, but, you know, when you've only made 212, um, you need more than half chances breaking your way. The only one that could have maybe tilted it at the very end uh, was the inside edge that ballooned off uh, the Cox gloves, um, which, you know, if, yeah. if that sticks then, that's off Cummins when he's on about five or six from memory. Um, they get an early yep. look at Zampa, maybe Hazelwood and... It would have been real squeaky bum stuff for Australia. But, yeah, the, the half yeah. chances were there and, and, and South one, Africa created those. But, um, you, know, it, it, you know, if one out of those fives get taken, mm. that, that, I mean, I, perhaps the Hendricks one is the one that's more than a half chance. The others, are, yeah. you know, they stick or they don't. And there's one, there's come and squeezes one out almost to Miller at, at short mid-wicket yeah, as well yeah. later in the piece. So, yeah, sorry, it was 39 to go and Smith got out, 20 to go and Inglis got yeah. out, and that was what Cummins and, and Stark were able to tick off, and it's during that partnership that Cummins is almost caught at short mid-wicket, which, which could have made things interesting too. Zampa and Hazelwood trying to pick off 10 or 15 between them would have been no sure thing. So they came very close, South Africa. It wasn't quite the last over absolute ball terror of 1999. You, you always felt like Australia should win it, but they were always one wicket away from being in a lot more jeopardy. Um, South Africa deeply disappointed, of course, that they didn't get there but it didn't feel like it wasn't a game that was in their hands and fell out of their hands it was a game that they scrapped in with incredible um, endurance and, and and a refusal to give up and they just kept going at it um, and and wouldn't give up on the idea that the game wasn't quite theirs um, so I thought it was thoroughly commendable the way they went about it um, and I hope they get given respect rather than uh, treated with the same kind of shabby bullshit that people often talk about when they talk about South Africa. Yeah, I agree. I think that um, they're going to cop that, right, from the same boorish suspects about choking and so on. But they did an, an almighty job to stay in the game, having fallen to where they did early on. And that was mostly excellent bowling and brilliant fielding from Australia, right? Like, that's allowed to happen. Um, that's part of the game. Mm -hmm. If the other team plays really well, you will be, in, be under pressure. And, and so they were. And to stay in it till the penultimate over of the match is commendable to them. They've had a great World Cup. They've played some really exciting cricket. They've, I would say, um, exceeded expectations coming in, Jeff. They were 2-0 down to Australia in a bilateral series six yep. weeks ago, eight weeks ago, rather. And we would have said, you know, if they make the final four, it's a it's a huge win for them. And look, they've, they've come within maybe 20 or 30 runs of making it to the decider. So they'll be gutted tonight, never having made a World Cup final, hearing all this about Australia making eight from 13. That'll, that'll hurt. Um, but, um, you know, yep. they, they've, um, they've performed exceptionally well and um, I think it's to their credit that they were able to stay in there tonight. Hall of Fame? Let's do it. This is the final word, Hall of Fame for Westfield London, Westfield Stratford City. Jeff, as it was last night, I was sent two lots of coffee, one for Australia winning or one for South Africa winning. So I'll read the one that's up the top. By, uh, burying your demons can be difficult. Just when you think there's no way the ghosts of the past can come back to haunt you, the sins of the father are visited upon the son or appointed foreign secretary. Very good, Shane. That's why the ancient Egyptians went to such great lengths to ensure their dead stayed buried in massive stone tombs. That's right. It's the horizon of Khufu again. Say goodbye to South Africa. You're headed for North Africa for the best edutainment experience since 
your teacher wheeled in a television to the classroom and made you watch behind the news. Journey through the Great Pyramid of Giza, attend Pharaoh Khufu's uh, funeral, very good, and say hello to some weirdly rendered CGI cats as part of this incredible virtual reality experience. When Moses told Pharaoh to let his people go, this was what he wanted them to go and do. And there's mm -hmm. no better time to book your tickets than now because prices have been slashed to just 20 pounds for adults until the end of November. Horizon of Khufu is exclusive to Westfield Stratford City, along with Westfield London. They are both more extra, less ordinary. Jeff, your final word moment of the day. Ah, that's beautiful. And, and it, it brings to mind uh, Alan Ruck at the beginning of Ferris Bueller's Day Off when, when Cameron was in Pharaoh's land. Let my Cameron go. Um, my, I, I think I just have to come back to the Warner Rabada bit because mm. I've enjoyed this contest. I mean, in a lot of ways, they hate each other, um, but maybe there's some professional respect there. I don't know. We might get to see them up against each other one more time in the T20 World Cup next June. Um, that, that would probably be it. But it was, it was really, I was glad that the finals fell in this fashion, the, the matchups fell in this fashion, so that we did get one more little Warner Rabada bit. Um, and the, you know, the, 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 the six and then the six off the, of the, the, the free hit, um, no ball situation. Rabada's had much the better of Warner over the years. Um, but Warner, he made 29 tonight, uh, but it was, it, it was so important in just punching things along. Mm. And he went past Michael Bevan today for runs, Adam. So in terms of Australians with more one-day runs, it's only the War Brothers, Michael Clark, Adam Gilchrist, Ricky Ponting. Mm. And he's, he's played like between 100 and 250 fewer matches than those players. Right. You know, his, his record is extraordinary. He's got a better average than all of them, better strike rate than all of them. And he's almost never been not out, unlike, almost all, unlike all of those above him who've had a lot more not out innings. And he still has a better average. Like he's, he is... He's underappreciated for just how good he is at 50 over cricket, David Warner. And, you know, hopefully that changes a little bit once he wraps things up because uh, he's got one more game and then that's going to be it for his 50 over career. Very nice. I've got a few bits and bobs and then an announcement to make. So uh, the, the 12, um, 12 to win and Smith's there talking to Mitchell Marsh about his bat. I thought that was so on brand for Steve Smith, like fucking around with the bat group and that kind of thing. Um, I love the Shamsy wicket celebration to get rid of Maxi running around like Imran Sahir. I mentioned it already, but it's noteworthy in the Hall of Fame. Travis Head's send-off, I say send-off, the way Travis Head responded when he bowled at Klaassen to wave him away. He's made that part of his um, routine when getting a player out. You know, for Travis, who's a, a very modest guy, to have quite an elaborate um, send-off, if you like, even though it's not really a send-off, is all part of the fun. Uh, Jeff, uh, Hall of Fame worthy is the fact that we're doing two live shows in the summer. We're doing one on the 11th of December at the Corner Hotel in Melbourne and one uh, in early January, the 7th of January, which is day five of the Australia-Pakistan test at the Comedy Store in Sydney. So both links will be in the show notes. As of tonight, you're going to be hearing a lot about it, but book straight away uh, 11th of December at the Corner. We're thrilled to be doing a gig there. Uh, and that will be our homecoming show of sorts, and then up to Sydney for the first time on the 7th of January. Well, we've been to Sydney before, but the first time we'll be doing a live show into Sydney. It would be weird if we hadn't been to Sydney. We haven't seen a lot of cricket in Sydney, but we, we go to Sydney to go to the cricket quite often. That's quite right. Okay, uh, Jeff, you've got places to be, so let's put a pin in it there. We've got uh, a World Cup semi-final preview, semi-final preview, 
final preview. We're up to the grand final. Final preview. Um, the is where the final will be, where Jeff will be going. The, the big, sorry, the what? The big, the big, the big dance. The big what? The big, the big dance, big of course. Dance? Is. I'm sure it'll the be referred to as oh. the big dance on social media. Nothing more certain. Some of that ridiculous Aussie rules chat entering its way into cricket again. Uh, the finals at Underbat on Sunday. We'll be recording a preview show on Saturday. Between times, our history show story time will be up tomorrow morning. Uh, that's it. Australia through to the final again. They find a way to always do it at the pointy end of these competitions. A great performance, and we can't wait for Australia-India. It's going to be a blockbuster on Sunday. For Westfield London and Westfield Stratford City, more extra. Good night. See you in Ahmedabad. Future questions, my current senses. That'll be the same we've been doing for centuries. Sorry if I ran out to empty, wrote this so you know what I meant here. I had to go about it.